0: Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah, yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with this or you can
1: nice starting the show saying hi to Tracy Butler, our, our friend from Channel 7, yeah. uh, the best meteorologist in town. Carmen's going to... You're going to make an eyes at her again. She's a married oh. woman. Yurko. First
2: of all, I know she's a married woman. So relax, champ. I, I, wish, her, I, I wish her a happy birthday, knowing oh. it was your birthday. It's Carmen's birthday today, guys. What happy you think birthday it was to It's Tracy's birthday. Well, I said birthday so I can bring up your birthday. Oh, thanks. She goes, it's not my birthday. I go, no, it isn't. It's Carmen's Thank birthday. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Yeah. abdal and I separated by just a day. And a few years. When's his birthday? Yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. No wonder I missed. Thanks, Jericho. Yeah. Just a few, just a few years. Not you. many, though. Not many. Not what as many about? as he'd like to think. 38? <laughs> 39. 39. 39. for right purposes, 35. 35.
2: Yeah, whatever you need. <laughs> what you need? he needs. We're the young guys. We're the young guys. I mean, we're, you, the were. Young guys. you used to be. We're the young guys. You guys have cycled oh, out now. No. We're the young guys. <laughs> You've cycled out. Ty, uh, what's his name, McKee? Tyler. Tyler. Key. Tyler's yeah. young. Tyler. McKee. Yes. Char Dog. Char Dog's young. Shane Norling. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the new crew. Yeah. yeah. It's the new young crew, man. They're young. That's what they are. There's some really young guys. Yeah. Who else we got?
1: Tyler, Shea, Charlie, Jake, uh, uh, Justin. Yeah. Sean, Jack. Sean, Jack. Oh, wait a minute. How old is he back? Kevin's like 33, I think. Uh, he's right there with our 35-year-old, Adam Abdallah. Yeah, right. yeah, I can't believe like uh, it's I'm It's good so, to be back. I'm 47. It uh, It's, it's good weird to be, be thinking that I'm knocking on 50. Uh, it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. You look good. You got a little sun, which is nice. You got a lot of sun. Florida treated you well. Vitamin D. Yeah,
2: you know what? Marco Island, a little bit of a sleepy town, but we had fun in it. Did you? A little bit sleepy.
1: Did things close at like 10 o'clock at Marco Island? Well, I remember, is they, they, had a
2: big, they had a big Jimmy Buffett tribute thing. Uh, I would have loved on, it. Uh, I believe it was Friday night. So it was the big to do down there I loved at that. one of the marinas that houses a bunch of boats, like during the winters and such like that. Yeah. So, and then on, uh, they had their Christmas party in the lighting of the Christmas tree nice. at like the Veterans Unity Park. Mm-hmm. So we were at that wonderful festivity. So there's some fun yeah, stuff so to do. Yeah, so there were some things to do, and there's a lot more kids down there than I had realized. Yeah. I thought it was an older, sleepy town with a bunch of people that have made it in the world, and boom, that's where they're at, right? That's where they go to a retire. Lot more and children's, die. A lot more children's down there than people can imagine. Is that right? I, I was stunned. I wouldn't have thought so. I either. was yeah. stunned, actually. I was somewhat stunned. Hmm. So it was nice. It was fun. Good to be in the sun. Had some good food, some bad food. The Snook In. Legendary down there, the Snook In, brought by uh, bought by new owners after you know a, 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 after uh, twenty twenty after the COVID I believe they closed it down for a little while, then they reopened the it. Snook In, mm. new owners, great for cocktails. Yeah, stay away from the food. Oh, really? It. It used okay. Used to have great food down there. It used to be absolutely fantastic. What happened Yurk? I don't know. Go there for the ambiance. Go for 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 the music. Go there for the cocktails.
1: Wow, I'm looking at the pictures online. I mean, that does look cool. Whatever you do. I
2: mean, they're right on the water there. Don't eat. The ambiance is great. Whatever
1: you do, do not eat. Okay, if I'm ever in Marco, I'll remember. My warning, have all the cocktails and the drinks you want. Come dine at the (laughs) world-famous Snook Inn. Yeah. Marco Island's famous landmark. Under
2: new management. (laughs) Yeah. The cocktails look good, though. You're not kidding. I'm telling you, they're delicious. Absolutely uh, delicious. If you have any questions uh, about Marco yeah. Island, you're But besides that, it, it, it was great. And Jason Kanander was down there. Peggy Kaczynski's better half. No kidding. Yeah, he was down there at the same time. Did not bump into him. Thousands of people there for the big festivities. It was a good time. You mentioned
1: yesterday when you joined us for that uh, briefly on your way home after you got in from the airport that being in Florida for the snubbing of Florida State like, yeah. kind of resonated all right, ar- around. There. There. Yeah, and you're a long way happy. from Tallahassee. I mean, yeah, that's it's not, a long way from Tallahassee. But uh, like, you
2: know, like a long way, but yeah. it still sort of resonated all around. And, and when you invited me to come on, I was in the car. I was driving back to the, the, the homestead. So, yeah, I kind of didn't have all my, my thoughts and my, my, my stuff with me, my facts and everything. This I want to just offer up. We can agree that Alabama's a different team now than they were at the beginning of the season. Can we agree with that? 100%. Can we agree with that? They're playing much better football. When they, when they were losing, no. when yeah. they were yeah. losing at the half to South Florida? Yeah, right. like they're a much different so team I right? Was right? I will I qu- I will yeah, sorry. question sorry, your I, I will question your thought then. When you said to me yesterday that Texas was the signature victory of the year when they beat Alabama and Alabama, because well, I said one, one could protein. argue they could they'd be a, they'd be a terrible argument. It would be a horrific argument. It would be dismissed and thrown in the garbage instantaneously. Unfortunately, I had a little travel fatigue yesterday. I woke up early and I was not there to, 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 to just crush that thought at the moment. Uh Alabama's not the football team it was. It can't have it both ways. You can't say they're playing better football now. They've ascended. Look what they've been able to do at the end of the year without acknowledging how pitiful and pathetic they were Earlier in the year, matter of fact, you look at some of their spreads early in the year, the whole world thought that Alabama was not as special as it once used to be. So that Texas victory against Alabama is just a victory. Let me ask you against this. Against Alabama. How many,
1: no matter how much better or worse Alabama okay. is now compared to then? how many non-conference opponents in the last decade have gone into Tuscaloosa and won?
2: I wouldn't be able to tell you that because I've not done a historical statistical analysis of all that stuff. You need like two fingers. Okay.
3: Right. I, think, I think it's two. Isn't okay. that right, Adam? Isn't again, it two? Again, again, we're I think true. you need two fingers. We're talking
2: about the quality of the football program this year. I'm not talking about the team that had Trent Richardson as its running back seven years ago. Any non-conference I'm talking about win right. in Tuscaloosa is okay. a significant victory in college football. Okay. Not. But don't well, worry about it because you've got to take the quality of the football team into play here. They weren't playing as well. As you had said, they suffered against the South Florida. The next week, where three. Well, three. benched Milrow. That was, was a 3-3. Three, three. Three, three I, three I don't know, know why you're doing what you're doing. I just know that you're not playing quality football. And because you're not playing quality football, you're not playing the football that Alabama is accustomed to playing to, you bench your quarterback that's playing horrifically, mm. and you decide to go a different direction to the point where it's 3-3. Three, three. Yeah, midway through the fourth against the University of South Florida, Uh, a 500 football team. Yeah, you go up late 10-3, Then you get the consolation touchdown to make it 73 to make it look like you had dominated a little bit in that game. But you did not. So the point is that we're playing better late, even though they barely survived Auburn. They did. Miracle fourth and 31. That does never seem to matter when you're talking about the quality quality of Alabama football. But I would give you they're playing better football as of late. But my point was you couldn't have it both ways. You can't be playing better football and be a better Alabama team and try to tell me anything that happened against Alabama early in the year was something special. That's my only argument. Either way, I'm going to enjoy college football when it gets here. Florida State got screwed. That's it. Nick Saban controls the committee, and that's just the way it is. I think Texas is probably – not probably, I mean – they couldn't take
1: Alabama and then not take Texas. You would agree with that. There's no way they could have done that. They the BCS model wanted well,
2: that. Well, the BCS, I'm talking about I'll, I'll people. I'll tell you this. I which think are flawed. They, they can do whatever they want because they've already done whatever they wanted. They've never taken a number one team going into the final weekend and eliminated them all together, which they did to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And they've never taken an undefeated football team and just totally ignored the fact that they were undefeated and eliminated. So what you're telling me, you can't do this. You can do whatever the hell you want because they're already doing what the hell they I, I want. I guess
1: they just made their own rules this go. year because so, uh, there you go. Todd Furman made a good point. Like I think it was Todd, maybe it was uh, his colleague Payne Insider, that they basically got in that room and said. It doesn't really matter because... We love Nick Saban in Alabama no, 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 not and Alabama. No, well, Alabama yeah, drives but,
2: ratings. But not that. We want Alabama in, and if we're going to go ahead and we're going to put Alabama in, then we've got to take the one team that beat Alabama in Alabama, so we'll take Texas and screw everybody else. That's what they said. I
1: think they basically said, we don't have to worry about precedent because there is no precedent. We go to 12 next year.
2: Right, and we're going to take... You know take, what I mean? Like, they basically well, precedent said... precedent has nothing to do with what you're doing in the future. Precedent has everything to do with what you've done in the past. Well,
1: did, were they not – had they not been going to 12 next year, would they
2: have been more fearful of setting a
1: bad precedent
2: I, this I, year? Yeah, I guess I, that's what I'm asking. I think my point is they were going to do whatever Nick Saban wanted and whatever mm-hmm. the state of Alabama wanted and whatever ESPN wanted, and they don't really care how many uh, college football programs they were going to break because they didn't care because they knew they are coming back with 12 teams <laughs> next year.
1: Brad Powers, who's a great college football uh, handicapper and professional uh, college football better. Um, he had the best tweet, <laughs> and and he's right. You didn't take the four most deserving, and you didn't take the four best. Yeah. Whatever this is, we'll enjoy it. We'll watch it. Sure. We'll gamble on it. And I
2: agree with that.
1: He didn't take the you didn't take the four most deserving, and you I, didn't take and, the four and, best. And, and
2: the best football game <laughs> like that's a great tweet. The best football game might end up being a spurn Georgia and a spurn Florida State, and I hope they both show up to play and don't feel sorry for themselves. A la who Kansas State. Remember when Kansas State wouldn't make it into the finals and they'd go and play their bowl game and they'd get absolutely crushed? Do you remember when Kansas State was the team that was like, always on the odd like man with, out? You uh, like the Bill Snyder era? Yes, 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 yeah. yes. They were the team that was always screwed over, which Florida State became this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they were the team that always screwed over and they were so upset with the fact they couldn't get over it in Manhattan, Kansas, hmm. that they went and they lost their bowl game hmm. because they were, they were so disgruntled. So, But either way, whoever said we're going to enjoy the games, we are going to enjoy the games. I'm going to Mm -hmm. enjoy the Orange Bowl. I think it's going to be good college football moving forward. And I think they also did whatever they could to screw Michigan. Somebody called and suggested that yesterday. Yes,
1: that's fact. That they wanted to make sure that the tougher opponent would have been... Bama. The toughest road was going to be for the number one seed, Michigan. No matter what, they yeah, think. I think they yes. there might have been some calculated.
2: Yeah. They wanted to screw them.
1: Madness to that, yes. right? Yeah, yes. Yes. that could. That's a good point. Uh, you know, we all complained right during the BCS era. During you know when the computer, why are we letting computers? Uh, you, did anybody think it'd be a good idea to let people do it over computers? Now you're learning. I mean, uh, a committee of uh, of made up of who? who? A committee. That's beholden to television dollars and rights. Right, York? I mean, it's like maybe the BCS wasn't such a bad idea. Like Abdallah and Black said yesterday, if you look at the BCS model that the the computer did spit out, that it would have spit out a decade ago, it wouldn't have had this for. Florida State would have been in. But nobody liked the computer model. I love it. At one time, we thought, don't let computers make, uh, make the decision. You want people to? People that can be bought? People that can be bargained with? People that have biases. The computer, I don't think, has biases, does it? You put the inputs in, the computer goes. It spits it out for you. Here it is. Boom. People didn't like that. Let's have a committee do it. Again, a committee with biases. A committee that's got to look, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. A committee that's beholden to behemoth conferences and and broadcast corporations and TV rights deals. And, what, you thought that was a good idea? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't a good idea. And we just saw it this weekend. It was a terrible idea. And, you know, now you go to 12, maybe it doesn't matter as much, although something tells me, come next year, there's going to be – like, who was the 13th team this year? We were just looking. 13 was – Well,
3: you have to – Put in Liberty too, so the argument would have been between Oklahoma and Ole Miss. Yeah, because there's Oklahoma a group of five
4: team that gets included in, and the and that 12. would have been Liberty. This yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So group. Well, and there's
3: there. even an
1: argument over Liberty over SMU over SMU, right? They've yeah. been one Which, of the two. Yeah. Basically, SMU. They metric, would have held it against like, them that Preston Stone got hurt if you, it was you, the same every situation.
3: Every metric you go with would have had a different combination. If you go by strength of record, it's different. Strength right. of schedule, it's different. If you go by FPI, Football Power Index, it's different. Yeah. Everything is different. And they basically told you and it's it. It's in the it, they said it. They said whatever you want to say. They said the quiet part out loud. Jordan Travis isn't there. Right, They're not right. one of the better teams in the country. So three one two three
1: three two three seven seven six. That's the number. You can ring us up. Wanna play some Bears stuff, uh some more football talk coming up here, like Cole Komet talking about this playoff stretch that the Bears are about to embark upon. Um yeah, we're gonna talk about this Otani stuff too, right? Uh I'm going to read you a Bob Nightingale tweet when we come back here. Uh, Cole Komet, I want to play that a little bit. Albert Breer on the coaching searches that teams, including the Bears, may – well, I shouldn't say including the Bears. Coaching searches that teams like the Bears may embark upon this offseason. Albert was on with Cap and Hoodie earlier. He said something interesting. I want to play that. Bob Nightingale's got a tweet about uh, Otani that Cub fans are going to want to hear. You can ring us up, talk football, baseball, anything else. Jesse will join us at 1 o'clock live from the winter meetings in Nashville. It's Carmen and Yurko. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. Follow, Follow the, the show, show on, Twitter, on Twitter. At Carmen DeFalco and at Yurko64. This is ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.
1: All right, Eric, what do you make of this tweet? Uh, Jesse Rogers live in Nashville at the winter meetings at 1. Bob Nightingale. Just about 20 minutes ago, the Chicago Cubs' optimism of landing Shohei Otani has now significantly waned, one high-ranking executive said, leaving the L.A. Dodgers, Toronto Blue Jays, Los Angeles Angels, and San Francisco Giants as the likely finalists. And I've heard San Francisco's probably
2: a no-go. Oh, boy. How is that possible with the new manager? I mean, is that even possible? Well, with the Cubs? Yeah. Oh, it would oh, it be possible. No, how is it possible? I thought once we got the new manager, everything was golden.
1: Listen, you're not going to like this. You were gone Friday. I talked about this with Waddle. And and people like Jesse that I've spoken to and a few others that are very plugged in do think that Shohei ultimately will pick somewhere where he can remain and sort of live in uh, the West Coast. Uh, with Well, no, but a high, why is Toronto involved? A high degree of um, anonymity, Yerk. And that's why I was talking to Waddle about Toronto. Uh, the Blue Jays get support when they do well. The Blue Jays, you know what it's like. They'll never be anywhere nearly as popular as the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the bears on steroids in uh, and it's kind of similar. They haven't won forever. We haven't won forever. The Maple Leafs haven't won in 50 years. The Toronto Maple Leafs so thoroughly and utterly dominate the landscape, the sports landscape in the city of Toronto. It's not, nothing else is even remotely close to the right. Toronto Maple Leafs. I concur. And he can go to, because Toronto for a lot of people is like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. He can very much live and exist in anonymity, which he likes. It's what Jesse had said all along while the buzz was building. Jesse kept saying, my, the, the one, Jesse said, the one thing that I, I know about him that I wonder how he'll make work here is he doesn't want to be front and center. Do you know he doesn't talk except for days after he pitches? He's not pitching next year. And if he thinks he's coming here to never meet the media, and I'm sure his people are telling him, listen, that ain't going to fly in Chicago. It ain't going to fly in New York. And so maybe that's why he is Xing those places off. That he is very shy. He's very uncomfortable doing interviews. He's certainly uncomfortable doing interviews and speaking English. And he doesn't want to exist in that kind of a space. Jesse told me on, when was I texting with Jesse? I think it was, Sylvie and Jesse and I were texting at some point over the weekend, and we'll talk to him about this. And Jesse said he's really starting to hear, after all said and done, he might just go back to L.A. I'm like, God, can you believe, like, to the Angels? I'm like, I thought he wanted to win. Like, what are we doing here? You, you, you've lived that. You've been there. You've seen what it is. They've wasted your career to this point. They've wasted Mike Trout's. Some franchises are very good at doing that. They've done it. That's where you're going to end up after all this? Seems Crazy. But if he doesn't want to play where he's the star, it's like, why did you even
2: begin to get everybody all worked up? I mean, it's impossible to me that we've got Craig Council. <laughs> I mean, isn't Craig Council the guy that's well, going to bring the show up? Do? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I was told when Craig Council got here, the whole world became better. Well,
1: I think the idea is that even if you don't get show eight, Craig Council I'm can make your team better. I'm surprised there's not
2: world peace ever since Craig Council came to town. Wasn't I told that he was the end-all, be-all of everything that is baseball here in the city of Chicago?
1: Will you start the interview? I
2: mean, isn't it automatic that all the free agents are going to sign here automatically? Because we've got Craig Council.
1: Will you start the interview with Jesse for me at one? Yeah, I'll start it at one. So that's the tweet from Nightingale. The Chicago Cubs' optimism. The the one's very high optimism. What's plan B?
2: What's plan B? With no show. There is no plan B without show. Is there? I mean, well, who's... there's got to
1: be a plan B, right? Yeah, there's a plan B,
2: but there's none of them are as good. You've got to you've you've got to find a way to propel yourselves forward. You mm-hmm. need about five more victories, Re- right? Yes. Eighty-eight. We need to be at eighty-eight. Resign Bellinger.
1: Does Bellinger become a priority? I, I I would guess he would. Some sort of uh start exploring the trade market. Cubs have been linked to a couple of the pitchers that might get moved this offseason, including Tyler Glasnow, of the Rays. So Bob Nightingale's tweet, the Chicago Cubs' optimism of landing Shohei Otani has now significantly waned, one high-ranking executive said, leaving the Dodgers, Blue Jays, Angels, and Giants. What well, we got, about a 2% chance in Vegas?
2: 4% chance. That's a good question, do we Do we have a 5% chance of landing this guy? Let me see if I well, can I'm find updated odds on that. If it's 50-1, to 1, it's a 2% shot, right? My
1: brother's in Vegas right now. Should I see if they've yeah, got the odds anywhere? Do, do Vegas on. post those types of odds? Yeah, sure I don't know do. if they
2: do or they don't. I'm sure one of your fancy sites that you have, Carm. No, I don't think that. I don't think they'll have that. One of your up. 75. Where's Shohei going to land? I'm surprised somebody doesn't have that. Adam, uh, see if fanduel has got a where will Shohei
1: land board posted. And see, oh, where I'm just see where the Cubs are. I'm on that.
2: stunned with Craig Counsell here now. You can't do things like that, boy. Can't get Shohei. I can't. was promised a lot of things with the Craig Council arrival. Can't convince him. Adams and Wheaton
1: on ESPN. 1000. What's up, Hello, Adam? Adam.
4: Hey guys. So I know you guys have probably discussed this, but I don't remember. Jerry Reinsdorf has said he wants another title with the White Sox before huh. he dies. Hmm. So, why doesn't he act like the Yankees and the Dodgers? He has the money. Get Shohei, pay him, get a couple other people here, and win one more. Otherwise, with the way your team is going, you're not going to do that.
1: No, you know the answer to that, Adam. You know why he doesn't do it. He, yeah. He's never done fun, a, business like that at any point. Right. His highest ever free agent spend is Andrew Benintendi, ladies yep. and gentlemen.
2: Andrew freaking Benintendi. And by the way, when he said he wanted another title, no, he wants the title the guaranteed rate ballpark he right. wants to own the whole building. You know, that's what he's asking for. That title. Now you meant you thought a World Series title. No, no, no. The biggest free agent spend the White
1: Sox have ever had is Andrew Benintendi, who put up how many wins above replacement last year, Yurko? Go. Andrew Benintendi was point three. Point two, Good job, Yurko. Yeah. Right in the neighborhood. The biggest free agent sign they've ever had put up point 0.2 wins was Jake,
2: above replacement. Jake Berger, in the time that he was here, oh, yeah. did he have a bigger wins above replacement? Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. Kenny Williams, in, the, in his last act of defiance against Rick Hahn, made sure that he got rid of him.
1: <laughs> Jake Berger's war with the White Sox was 1.4. Yeah. Yeah, He added 1.1 with Miami. Jake Berger was a two-and-a-half-win player this yeah. year. Andrew Benint- and, and Jake Berger is probably the, the, one of the worst defensive had, players in the league. And he, and he, and had, he was still a two-and-a-half-win player. Andrew
2: Benintendi was .2. Be, because it's your birthday, we'll talk about the White Sox today. Only because it's your birthday. But after a while here, when Cease leaves and, <laughs> and, when, when, and uh, Eloy, Eloy leaves, leaves and the Cubs clearly win that trade, yeah. uh, that's uh, that's when it stops.
1: Well, Adam, and to answer your question, just remember your owner, and unfortunately he's mine too, because I'm a White Sox fan. The guy who owns our team, when he met the media, when he finally met the media this year, uh, laughed at the notion that the White Sox would be going after and, yeah. uh, Shoei Otani. And that your was at owner, a meeting
2: in Arizona,
1: remember? He no, was no, that was here when he finally talked about the when Kenny and Rick, remember? Okay. When he finally spoke up, when Kenny and Rick were dismissed. He finally spoke up and he openly scoffed at it. laughed. laughed yeah. in your face, in my face, in the face of every White Sox fan out there, of every season ticket holder they've ever had, of anybody that goes to that ballpark and spends their hard-earned money. He openly laughed when it was suggested that maybe, just maybe, a team in Chicago would be interested in the best baseball player on the planet. Your owner laughed in your face. Just remember that. Salvatore's in Peoria. What's up, Salvatore?
4: Good. Welcome back from Florida. It's good to have you. Thank you. Hey, man. Uh, sitting here last night, we were, we were at the OTB, and we were talking about the evolution of coaching, how, how it used to be men with trench coats and, you know, the hats and the, and the cigarettes and the cigars on the sidelines, and they were tough and gruff, and they led by example, and they had expectations. And, and now that you look down the line, to me, it's fascinating that you've got McVay, McDaniel, uh, LaFleur. You've got these young guys who are coming up, and their style of leadership is just so much different, I think, than anything we've ever seen. And th- the reason I bring this up is I remember when I when I was playing arena in Peoria, I played with Brian Urlacher's brother, Casey. Guys, nice, right? nice, yeah. And uh, Brian did come down, and he had a practice in a couple of days, and somebody was, was breaking him. And they said, hey, man, why don't you just, you know, don't worry about practice. The NFL's going to be there forever. And he goes, yeah, you, he goes – said something along the lines of, yeah, Lovey doesn't play that. And it, it just really – it goes back to, is Iberflues giving that? Is he leading that – by that example? You know, is he – is he leading that team the way it needs to be led? Or is it – you know, is he running around with his headset unplugged, like I've said all <laughs> along? And, you know, his OC, I, I, I really – I would like to see – our ball comes to Chicago, we keep fields, and we start building pieces around the leadership. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I stand.
1: Yeah, I don't, Salvatore, thanks, man. Uh, I, I don't know if you give uh, bonus credit to Iberflus for improving that defense. Maybe we maybe we should. I know Yurko does. They have improved that defense.
3: I would also take McDaniels or McVay in a second as a head coach. Mike I McDaniel, I would take in a Yeah, heartbeat. like I don't understand They could the, uh, Yeah, like I don't understand the – they don't wear trench coats and blast heaters no, on the sideline anymore, so they're not was, leaders of men.
1: No, I don't think he was saying that. I think he was. No, saying what he just... said
3: to me off the phone was oh, like, did? "Mike McDaniel's got his pants pulled up around his ankles." It's like, oh, well, if you wouldn't take Mike McDaniel your coach, yeah. I'm not sure what you're watching. Well, it's true. Coaches had respect for the game back in the day. <laughs> yeah, they blasted heaters on the sideline. Smoking respect. Uh, to coaches, answer your question, didn't have
2: anything to do with the heaters on the sideline? By the way, no coach ever did. No. no.
1: Um the equipment they, they, crew. They, they definitely wore trench coats and suits and ties and uh, mm-hmm. nice hats. And fancy hats. Coach loved it. Coach uh, Ditka loved his suit.
3: So Carm, to answer your question from earlier, uh FanDuel and DraftKings don't have odds on that kind of stuff. Uh, um I but on so. covers dot com, as of yesterday, the Dodgers were still the favorite at minus two hundred, the blue jays plus two seventy five, the Cubs plus five fifty, the Mariners nine to one, the Giants nine to one, the Angels fourteen to one.
1: All right, so isn't that like it's not crazy odds against the Cubs, for what it's worth. Yerk, five and a half to one, five and a half to one right now. Uh, which? Hold on. Wait till council gets him into the
2: room and starts rattling off the Japanese that he knows. <laughs> so that that, could uh, them all. that uh, if you got a manager that could speak Japanese? You don't think that would matter?
1: To oh, players! Do
2: to speak only Japanese?
1: Uh, plus five fifty, Yerk would translate to um, uh, implied odds of pro- probability of fifteen, roughly about fifteen and a half percent. Okay. So you said two percent, about fifteen and a half. If you're going off of the Vegas odds, I got you. But that means eighty-five percent is going else. somewhere else, Yerk.
2: Well, were the well, Dodgers. The Bears were 90 plus chances to win a couple games this year and they found a way to lose them. So, that's a good point, Yurko. Still a chance for that's the Cubs. Good, that's then. a good point. Chip now, in a chair.
1: I want to play uh, Albert Brewer talking about the coaching pipeline with Cap more. and Hoodie Yeah. Coming up next and we'll take more of your phone calls and uh, I want to discuss that a little bit. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. It's Carmen and Yurko we're coming right back. Working from home? We're back in the
2: office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000.
1: Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie at 2. Black and Abdallah tonight, 6 until 8. And then after the boys, the Jimmy V Classic. You know what today is, right boys? Um... Today is Marissa Tomei's birthday. It is Marissa Tomei's birthday. And Marissa Tomei and I share a birthday. Not hey, bad. You do, yeah. Art Monk. Not bad. Wonderful. All of Famer. I love Art Monk. But the today is repeal day. It was on this day in 1933 that Prohibition ended. Whew. Go figure. I'd be born on uh, December yeah. 5th. Year. No kidding. Apropos of the that man whiskey. who loves bourbon. Yes. Tomorrow night, Whiskey You, me and Waddle. The almond Grange is going to be great. We're going to drink some scotch. Really? And I did a uh, review on what the scotch that we will drink, uh, Highland Park single malt.
2: A uh, 12-year single oh, malt. Oh, you, you reviewed a, uh, a scotch, it's, which is not uh, like, your usual one.
1: I think in the, I don't know, I've been doing whiskey review stuff on my social media since like 2017, maybe? Six years, give yes, or take? yes. I think I've done two scotches, maybe three at the most. Yeah, I just, it's not not my thing. That's your cup of tea. Not my cup of tea, Yurko. You're a bourbon guy. I'm That's a whiskey like. guy. I'm a bourbon rye guy. I'm an American whiskey guy. I mean, yeah, American whiskey. There you go. Bourbon you know, rye Canadian good. rye is good, too. Canadian, Irish. I like Irish whiskey. Yeah. You've got scotch whiskey. I don't drink a ton of scotch. It's just. Uh, well, you don't have to. Carl. Our friend Joe Maloney over at Binney's keeps telling me, he says, one day you'll come around. I was like, I don't know if I will. You know, we have the things that we like. Waddle loves scotch. He doesn't like bourbon and, and rye as That's much. true. So it's, you know, whatever you like. But today is repeal day. Uh, And so there's that. I want to play this for you. This is Albert Breer earlier today. Every week he goes on cap and hoodie. uh, Every Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000. This was Albert Breer on the coaching carousel that's going to happen. And, you know, Adam Schefter was a week ago saying it could be 8 to 10. A lot of times it has been as high as a quarter of the league. I wouldn't be shocked. I think there could potentially be a lot of turnover here. Like Ron Rivera. Brandon Staley, what happens in New England? Uh, is Pierce the man to stay in Vegas? What about the Bears? Uh, Carolina is going to be looking for a coach. Like We could see a, a fair amount of turnover. Here was Albert Brewer talking about the coaching pipeline.
5: You know, I, I'm not sure, like, the coaching pipeline is, like, flush with, like, obvious candidates. So, you know, what can happen is a team, you know, really struggles early in the year. And you get to, like, Halloween, and it's like, okay, like, we're going to be like, like our team is going to be making a change after the year. And then you start to play a little better and you look in you know mid-December at like what's out there and like, you know, what the landscape looks like as far as coaching candidates go. And I mean, let's put it this way, guys, like get beyond Ben Johnson, right? Like the Lions offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, how many obvious candidates are there out there?
1: Okay, I would counter that by saying just because they aren't obvious to all of us doesn't mean there aren't good candidates out there. How obvious of a candidate was Nick Sirianni? They got panned for hiring Nick Sirianni. And much is the want of Eagles fan. They like they hate everything anyway. Doug Peterson got panned. He won them a Super Bowl. How much of an obvious candidate was Mike McDaniel? The narrative around Mike McDaniel was he's a weird candidate eccentric, goofy, disciple of Kyle Shanahan that will stink away from Kyle Shanahan. How'd you like to have Mike McDaniel as your coach? When the obvious candidates come up, like Josh McDaniels, how's that worked out? Not once, but twice. A two-time loser. Two-time. Couldn't make it through a second season either time he was named a head coach. Just because they aren't obvious to us doesn't mean that if you don't, It doesn't mean that if you're any good at your job, you can't make good personnel decisions and then hire good coaches. Has Nick Sirianni had the benefit of being in a situation where there have been some good personnel decisions? I'm going to answer my own question, Yurko. Yes. Same goes for Mike McDaniel in Florida. I get it. You'd like to have both, ideally. A coach needs good players, right? But don't tell me that... A GM who's good at his job can't make good personnel decisions and find a good head coach that isn't necessarily one that's generating a lot of buzz
2: amongst sports talk radio. Where do the usual candidates come from? Guys that have coached in the past have gone back down to the coordinator ranks and now have waited three, four years and then get a chance to recycle and become a head coach again. That's one area. That's one. Okay. Then you go from guys who are young and they're coming up and they're bringing their way up and they've either gotten to the position of being a position coach, most likely a coordinator. Then they the opportunity starts to present itself to become that that, that head coach. So you've got that route also, and then you you know you just have the young hot shot that's a position coach and you want to go ahead and give him a try. And then like, it's uh, coordinators from the Final Four. That's what, the, that's,
1: that's what it is. That's it's, actually very Did You right. pick yeah. off the
2: coordinators <laughs> from the teams that get to the conference championship games and the Super Bowl. That is that's true. true. For a guy like Dave Tobe, who is everybody has always said, boy, if you ever got a chance to be a head coach, kind of like John Harbaugh, mm-hmm. Dave Tobe really might be a head coach. He'll never get a chance. He'll never get an opportunity. Doesn't seem like because it. Because he's no. been passed over yeah. at the point where his window probably was there. When mm-hmm. they were going, Kansas City was going to championship games. Right. You know. Early on in that Patrick Mahomes run, you'd have thought Tobe would have gotten a chance, but he never did. The offensive coordinators are the ones; they've all got chances. Yeah, it kind of skews towards offense. That's yeah, crazy. not the, not necessarily the way you
1: have to do it, but it definitely skews that way. And some young defensive coaches are very good. Uh, so far, D'Amico Ryan's very good. So far, even Jonathan Gannon. Like that team plays hard out there in Arizona. You know that there was an odd choice. By a lot of accounts. Like, really? You're going with Jonathan Gannon? You've got Kyler Murray, and you're going with a defensive guy? And But, like, at least they've played hard, and they play with some passion for him. Now, ultimately, this is a results-oriented business, so, uh, you know, you can't win three games every year and expect it to last. But in his rookie year on a team that wasn't expected to be very good, they've been a little feisty in Arizona. Uh, John Harbaugh's defensive coordinator is going to get some serious looks, too. I mean, he's going to be one of the defensive guys Uh, that is going to be, I think, in somewhat high demand. So they're out there. You just got to find them. Yesterday, Chase made maybe his best phone call yet, Yurko. You think he could follow it up with another great one today? We'll find out. Chase on the south side. What's up, Chase? What's up, Carm? Happy birthday. Thank you, my friend. Yurko, good kid. What's happening, bro? Good to see you, kid. How are you? You got a lot of pressure Um, here because you made an excellent salient point yesterday. Can you do that again?
0: Oh yeah, I'm making a point. Well, I don't know if it can top half of that, but I just want to talk. No, I was just making a point about coaching, Jerka. Um, I'm not trying to be funny, but is some of these coaches? I don't know. Do they take do they take stupid pills before they play these games? Because I watch a lot of these games, and I'm just seeing bad, dumb coaches make dumb decisions. Like I was watching that Saints and um and Lions game last week, and I didn't understand what was the point. Let them take and Taysom Hill out. Oh, it's a During good
1: goal after That's a good question. Like, Chase, you know, you're, you're just, doing it again. Just, you're making excellent points. Oh That's boy. a great point you make. And I think Moose was on the call that game, if I'm not mistaken. And he agreed Moose. with you and a lot of and everybody else that was watching that, Chase. Like, what are they doing oh, exactly? I mean, I would tell you uh, a guy that people
2: love, Dan Campbell. People it, love it him, just, right? He yeah. gambles on fourth down. Yeah. He went for a fake punt. Why not keep I you know, off the outside if you're going to do that? That was weird. Nobody was surprised. Why? Good because call. they know he's willing to do that. It was weird. Then the call's all upon me. We know who who made the call. You don't have to go in the press conference and say, hey, I made the We knew who made the call. That's a good you call. You made the call. That led to the game-winning touchdown. Hmm. But my, my point is, when I was
0: talking about yesterday, right, so, I, Yerk, I don't know if you heard, I was telling uh, Karma about uh, Jordan Love, how... A lot of Bears fans are like, kind of on pins and needles because Jordan Love is making tremendous improvement. And my point is, is that okay? It's like, okay, so what? Like that means that we have to, as a Bears fan, I have to worry about my team getting their situation together. Because think about this, right? Let's say Jordan Love stinks. What do you think is going to happen? Green Bay going to still go get a quarterback? And still, I mean, either way it goes. You think the Detroit Lions fans are sitting there saying, "Oh God, Jordan Love is good." You think the mm-hmm. Vikings fans are saying, "Oh my God, Jordan Love is good." No, they don't care. You know why? Because they got a good football team. Oh we ass. as Bears fans are the only fans are sitting here crying about how good Jordan Love is. So what? It's, I mean, we have to get it right on our end. If, if we had a good football team and, a, and and a pretty good quarterback play, we wouldn't care about what Green Bay does. I just don't. I just get so irritated. Well, I keep hearing these Bears fans crying every time Jordan Love makes a good play. It's like, just stop.
1: It's well said, Chase. If we had uh, Patrick Mahomes, we wouldn't worry about Jordan Love.
2: Well, I think, like, cardinal rule number one should be get your own house in order. That's right. That's it. Quit worrying about everybody else's house.
1: Get your own house in order. We have a tendency to fall
2: into that trap. Myself included. I'm ashamed to say. Obviously, the two quarterbacks that they've had for the run of 30 years... Well, the only thing people were hoping was that he wouldn't be that good.
1: I was going to say, like, I, I think the tendency is, and again, I'm ashamed to admit it, but sometimes myself included, is because we're so scarred. Because none of us, or, or very few of us, walking God's green earth right now that are loyal to the Chicago Bears have ever seen a franchise quarterback. And like Yurko said, Green Bay ripped off 30 years. Fifth, back to back. 15-year runs of exceptional, of you know, probably top 10 quarterbacks. all-time quarterbacks. Yep. And so uh, we fall into that trap that Chase is two talking titles. about. But yeah, get yourself in, get your house in order. Two titles, four Super Bowls. Uh, two titles. Two
2: victories, two losses.
1: Uh, When did Aaron Rodgers go to, no, Favre went to two. Right. And thought, won one. And Rodgers went didn't go to, to two.
2: I thought so they just one,
1: right? right? Rogers went to just one. Three Super yeah. Bowls, two victories, two victories and a loss, right? And a loss, yes, yeah. yeah. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, zoom, zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yorko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN One Thousand. Marissa Tomei's birthday is not today. You got bad information from Danny Zetterman. Marissa Tomei's birthday was yesterday. That didn't come from Danny Zetterman. That came from X. X came that's from my
2: Danny's. That's my in. No, Z- Zetterman hey Marissa, said it. No, I said it. Oh, but you said it? it? I said
3: it. Yeah. Hey, Marissa, I, mean, I told Happy you, birthday. but I told him. X is wrong and
1: yesterday, and that's the same day as Adam Abdallah. So right. I do not share a birthday with Marissa Tomei. She's fifty nine. She's smoking, isn't love she? Her, great, is he me.
2: love her, love her, love I her. mean, who one would of my all time favorites? Her. I think we're going to do the almanac today, Tyron. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, Yurko has an almanac like we used to do. We'll do that later. Are you sure yeah, Do it
1: now? No, no, do it. we'll do it later. That's we'll do it later. Fine. You That's have a you hockey watch.
2: watch party tonight. Where are you going to be? i will be can... in Warrenville, at I'm Twin Warrenville. Peaks. I was yeah. just there last week. I know, and I'm going to be there this week. I'm going to be there tonight. Nice. Matter of fact, come out and see me and say hello. We're going to give a bunch of stuff away. We're going to watch the Blackhawks. Connor Bedard, your little buddy. Hopefully, Love there's going to be some goals, some good times, and some good things. We're going to have a little, uh, you know, a little watch party. Kid. That's what we're going to do. Eleven goals on the year for Bedard. Oh, I believe so you far? might be right. I mean, I can't tell you how they're a bad team. Well, um, we thought they were going to be bad. We knew you know? they'd be bad. They got young college talent right now playing in college, and when they're ready to be successful, they're going to bring everybody in, right? Isn't that the way it works? Yeah, and you know, a couple of their young
1: Taves, guys are getting valuable experience now, Taves like Korczynski and uh, Bedard.
2: Taves was a Blackhawk, but where was, was play. he playing? He was playing no, in North, Dakota, uh, North Dakota, State. Dakota, North Dakota State. He was playing, right? No, North Dakota, North Dakota. Yes. And who was he up there with? TJ Oshie. Yeah, were they together? Yes, yeah. they were together up there at North Dakota. So, what they do, develop, and then Kaner got here and they said, okay, you two guys are going to be introduced as one. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Then, all mm-hmm. of a sudden, we started to see better hockey. We started to mm-hmm. see young players with talent. We wrong. started to see things start to gel together, you know, back, you know, in the glory days of the Blackhawks when they were good. Yes. Which now they stink. A long time ago. A long, they long stink. time ago. But this is the infancy of, of, of this team. This is t- this team in an embryonic stage. Yeah. Okay. Where they become a little something more and more. And then finally, bam, when the placenta hits the ground, God. this team awesome. is going to be ready to go ahead and charge forward. Was that necessary?
1: Yes. So go watch a Chicago take on Nashville in Warrenville with Yurko tonight at Twin Peaks. I'll be there. Seven to nine, Yurko will be there uh, watching hot. 29 degree beer. Yes. Tremendous food. Yes, tremendous sights. Can oh, you better believe it? Remember that huh? <laughs> Michael is on the north side on
5: ESPN One Thousand. Hello, Michael. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. What do, you, what do you got for us, Mikey? Okay, first two points. As far as, as, far as uh, love, if the referee decided they wanted to throw that flag, let me know. Especially that uh, hail Mary when he uh, Kelsey got thrown down. Oh yeah, and then uh, and the one we got the chogo on. Let me know if they want to throw the flag once in a while. That was terrible.
1: I'll I'll, I'll say more on that in a second. Go make your other point,
5: Michael. Go ahead. My other point is this. You got five games left, right? All these games are outside in the elements, correct? All of them. All of them. And you got the the backup quarterbacks and three of them, right? Hmm. I remember a year back in the I think it was 14 games, when they played 14 games, and the Bears had to win like six in a row to get in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Six in a row. And it was all through the bad weather in December. And they ended up getting it. I think Bob Thomas mother hit a field goal with like in the rain and the slush and everything.
2: Against the Giants,
5: I believe. Right, right. That's what it was, exactly. And who's to say that this couldn't happen with the defense? I'm talking about the defense with the uprising and the defense when they got Montel. So you can see a big difference with Sweat in library. In, in, but they mm. got to play them more. Mm-hmm. So who's to say that? Because 9-8 probably will get you that last wild card. 9-8 yeah. will get you that last wild card. Yeah, I'll so, tell yeah.
1: I'm just making a point. Well, I'll tell you who agrees with you, Michael. Uh, Cole Komet this is what Cole Komet said yesterday.
5: We, we finished these five out here, and, um, you know, obviously I'm treating it like we're in playoff mode now. Um, you know, I think five very winnable games here to end the season, and, you know, who knows what can happen at 9 and 8. And, you know, I'm, I'm not looking big big picture, but, you know, you take it one week at a time. But um, I think, I think, look, there's a lot, of, a lot of flux at the bottom of the NFC here, you know, especially for that um, – 7-6 spot, and uh, you never know what can happen, but you just got to take it one week at a time, and, and we'll see where it goes.
1: Uh, could they get to 9 by winning out? I, I guess in this wild league, anything is possible. I don't think it's likely at 4-8, and eight, but they'd be in the mix then. They are all outdoors. Two of those games, well, all three. I mean, this weekend's not going to be bad, so we could throw that out. What, let's see what it looks like uh, the week of Christmas and the week of New Year's. But two teams from the south that play in domes coming to play in the Elements. Uh, yeah, it's winnable. You're going to go to Cleveland and play Joe Flacco, who wasn't terrible, I-, I didn't think, in L.A. last week. But it's still Joe Flacco, Carm, who just I, got back in the league. Can
2: I give it to you? It depends on what you're going to get. I'm them. giving you information oh, right now. okay, yeah. It was... 1979 Chicago Bears. After eight games, 16-game season, you know what they were? After eight games, eight they games, were, I'm going to say they were 2-6. After a 30-27 to 27 loss. To the Minnesota Vikings at Minnesota, they were 3-5. and 3-5. and five. Okay, that makes more sense. And, and then they went 7-1 and one the rest of the way to make it into the playoffs. Got 10 wins. To only get beat by the Philadelphia Eagles. Ron Jaworski's Eagles? It was Ron Jaworski's Eagles and Harold Carmichael. And Harold Carmichael. And Wilbert Montgomery. You remember the running back? Yeah. Wilbert Montgomery. They lost to him. Twenty-seven, seventeen in the playoffs, but that's them. Three and five finished ten and six, went into the playoffs and had a quick exit. That game played December twenty-third.
1: Mm, the oh, playoff yeah, the game, playoff game, the two playoff days, game. The playoff game was two days before Christmas. Dude, playoff games now again February. If you're yep. out loud.
2: Well, second second week of the season January. I mean last week of the season January seventh. Seventh. January seventh. And soon it'll be the week after that. You're yeah, in. I know
1: playoffs. Playoffs. So I I don't know that it's likely, but okay. They do
2: have a winnable stretch of games. Winnable stretch coming down the stretch. How winnable. many
1: games will they be favored in? They're not favored this week. They pro- they're not going to be favored next week in Cleveland, Joe Flacco or not. Maybe favored against Arizona? Probably a small favorite against Atlanta, and then a dog against Green Bay in the last week. Yeah, there'll be a
2: dog against Green Bay for Are sure. They, will they be favored in two of those? Can they I think that the quarterback against Cleveland will be the big question mark. It, it will, will be.
1: be. It probably helps that Miles Garrett's playing with one arm right Thank now. Thank heavens! Remember last time? How many? What do you? He, yeah, he four sleeps four and a half sacks. He sleeps with one arm open. That's funny, Urko. Mm-hmm. Last time uh, Justin Fields went to Cleveland, they almost got the poor kid killed. It was his first start. Yeah. It was a terrible game plan. And I want to say it was nine and a half sacks for the Browns, wasn't it? I believe you're correct. Four and a half from Miles Garrett alone. Mm-hmm. More football talk on the other side uh, of a break. But uh, Jesse Rogers is also going to join us coming up just after one, and he'll update what's happening, what the buzz is with Shohei, the Cubs, the White Sox, and everything else at the winter meetings in Nashville. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. We're back in two minutes.